Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you. Helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others. Helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well-being and empowerment. Helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully. And helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cosy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is season three, episode three of the Beyond Being Well podcast and I can't wait to share it with you because it's a great one. It's a really cool conversation. Before we do that, I think it's worth just inviting you to take a really deep breath in, filling up your belly and exhaling out the mouth. And as you do, just taking a moment to tune into your body. How's it feeling today? What's going on here? Where is the energy wanting to move or not move? And just inviting some curiosity and awareness as you listen to this conversation, as well as a lot of compassion for whatever might come up. I myself have had a really big week in regards to this conversation, and so I think it's timely that I share it. I've been um, struggling with a lot of neck pain. Um, and I've been doing lots of different type of physical embodiment, energetic um, and clearing work because it is related to um, some emotional stuff that's been coming up and been going on around me in my field. And so um, it's really reminded me of just how sensitive an instrument my body is. And I grew up. Um, being the kid that was quite overwhelmed by the sensory information I was receiving and I didn't really understand um, what was happening or why I would get sick or how that was related to what was happening and how I wasn't really digesting or processing my experiences and how I didn't have tools to deal with my um, sensitivities, I guess, my magical powers, superpowers, whoever you want to call them. And so it's really been a huge process for me to learn my limits and set boundaries as well as to re-inhabit my body when my approach was always to disassociate from it. I can't speak to the importance of somatic and embodiment work um, within the framework of sacred social leadership. And I'm intending with my Lead Her program, which is starting in January, to bring a lot more of a focus um, of embodiment and trauma-informed movement practices into the curriculum because I recognize how much we can think um, a certain way and we can have a lot of ideas and creative um, drive flowing through us. But unless there's a sense of safety, um, we'll always find ways to sabotage or to not... uh, move that creative energy through to 3D reality. And so my intention is really strongly to bring in a stronger focus on that and um, I would love to welcome you to the school. Hi, if you're listening and you're thinking about it, I would love you in the program. There's a really cool group of 
women gathering who are just curious and aware and looking for some answers in terms of their purpose and how to frame it in terms of a bigger social vision. And they're really curious about how to bring their magic and gifts um, in support of others, in support of a kinder and more sustainable and humane world, whilst also receiving pleasure and purpose um, along the way. So if you are one of them, please get in touch. I'm taking pre-admissions calls now. And as a Gemini, I think it's worth being explicit that I love having conversations with you, whether you join the course or not. I love emails. It's the only way that I am able to cope as a solopreneur is to keep building connections and forming relationships. And I work best when I'm in rich conversations. I'm not a small talk kind of girl. So you can hit me up, Meg at MegBerryman.com or um, all the details are megberryman.com forward slash lead her. On with the show, I want to formally introduce you to Kate. So Kate Lepper's body of work is anchored in actively exploring feminine depth, self-intimacy and devotion as catalyzed by motherhood and sustained by embodied experiences of returning home to self, earth and spirit. She works with mothers and those supporting them who are called into deeper relationship with their sensuality, creativity and authentic expression with the desire to heal personal and collective wounds to lay solid foundations for a new paradigm of feminine leadership. So as you imagine, Kate and I had a lot to talk about. Um, The conversation is rich, it's deep, it's inviting Um, Kate is the embodiment of all that she does and I hope you love this chat as much as I did. Enjoy. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Meg. So excited to be having this conversation um, because I've been an Instagram stalker of yours for a little while and then (laughs) was so happy when, you know, you offered to share your wisdom on the podcast. So I'm just going to dive straight in with the question that I ask everyone, and that is, what is the change that you would love to see in the world and how are you currently contributing to that? Mm, This is such a big question and one I feel I'm in continual relationship with. And so I love, I guess, you know, having this opportunity to reflect on what is the change now? you know, that I'm really, really invested in and connected to and that feels deeply ripe for me. And, yeah, I I feel as though the emphasis on women and girls feeling safe and at home in their bodies, you know, to, to ultimately be able to and feel comfortable to and, and have the courage to show up in their most full authentic expression of who they are. And I think it's taken me some time to actually understand and, you know, personally as well that this idea of feeling safe and at home in our bodies, it has to come first, you know, before we can really be out there and and finding our voice and speaking our truth and, and, um, you know, being change makers, that has to really, really come from this deep um, integrated space of 
safety and that's yeah I mean this work continues to evolve for me and my body my relationship to myself as um, a woman as a mother and I have two little girls so you know the everyday the way that the way that I mother them is just as you would know Meg it's this continual um, checking in with you know how is this interaction how how am I modeling um, a, a mother that feels at home in her body and how can I support my girls to really cultivate that relationship to their bodies um, so yeah I feel like that's where I'm at I love everything about what you just said particularly this idea of being in relationship to this question because mm-hmm. I think the more I'm kind of diving into trauma work myself and um, also some of the deep ecology work coming out, um, this idea of the liminality of life um, and particularly our current climate, perhaps it's always been very changeable and it's always been, we've always lived in this chaos. We just were mm. under the illusion of control for so right. long. <laughs> yes. But now that that's falling away, I mean, if we can't be anchored in our bodies and if we don't feel safe there, Mm -hmm. then almost like the ambiguity is multiplied to a a billion fold. And how, yeah, how this environment of chaos is calling for us to do the work around safety. And I very Mm -hmm. much feel that myself. So I'm, I'm curious, I mean, I know no practitioner comes to this work by accident. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious about your journey here and Mm. how that's evolved over time. Yeah. um, And there's so many layers to it, you know. It's uh, as I guess I'm, I'm... I'd like to say I'm used to, you know, the continual layers shedding and and meeting. Oh, right. And that's why I'm here. You know, that's why I'm doing the work. Um, But, but yeah, I I just continue to meet these parts of myself and, and these, and the experiences that I've had in this body in new ways and in new lights. So really, I think um, my, my experience of pregnancy, birth and motherhood has absolutely been the portal, you know, into this realm of self-intimacy and knowing my body and knowing, knowing self in a really new and rich way. But I, I feel like, you know, in that experience, which for me was actually a deeply empowering and satisfying experience both times with both of my daughters, which I'm incredibly fortunate and blessed to have had. But what that experience um, of pregnancy, birth and motherhood actually opened in me was, or, or for, I guess illuminated in me, was actually the relationship that I had to my sensuality, to my sexuality, to my creativity um, and to all of the experiences as a child, as um, I guess as a teenager in those formative years of where I was really getting to know who I was as a, um, as a 
sensual, sexual, creative being in this feminine form that, um, yeah, that were really, really harmful and that taught me about my body, um, how I, you know, where my deficits were, um, what was wrong with me, um, that hurt me. And so it was really in that cracking open of motherhood that I, I kind of met those shadows and those wounds face to face. Um, and so, you know, therefore the unraveling began <laughs> and, um, and the shame really surfaced and having my girls was just like the catalyst for, okay, there's a lot here. There is a lot of um, deep wounding that has not only been inflicted on me um, in this lifetime, but generationally, you know, mother wounds personally, collectively, spiritually, and, you know, this is Pandora's box, right? So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I guess I would definitely say it was motherhood, um, but but there's obviously a lot that happened kind of before then in, um, yeah, that sowed the seeds. So referencing coming back to this idea of the body being the vehicle mm. for change in the collective because I, I believe that's kind of where you're coming from is like coming home mm. there, finding wholeness there and then, and then noting, noting that that does change in the collective um how how does one start this journey of embodiment and what's kind of the process that you knowing everyone's individual but that you take Mm. um, women through yeah and it's such a good question because I feel like embodiment is such a it's a really kind of trendy area as well at the moment. And so for a lot of women who are called to this work, they may have, um, I guess it's pretty sexy, you know, it's pretty sexy kind of a topic. And so it feels like, oh, yeah, I want to be embodied and I want to, you know, I want to have all the pleasure and and, um, and be in my body in that way. But really the foundation of embodiment and it certainly was personally and I um, really emphasize this for those I work with is that we have to start exactly you know from that place of safety from that place of um, renegotiating our relationship to our body from from the base up, you know, from, from the, in the simplest terms, beginning to really sensitize ourselves to the capacity of our felt senses, but in a way that is held and safe and slow and that really allows for this natural organic um, unfolding of, you know, where the body wants to go. Um, because I think intellectually we we feel as though, you know, I'm this is where I want to go. This is the relationship I want with my body and this is where I want to take my body. And, and um, again, I guess just using it as this, this um, tool towards success or achievement. Um, but really it's a very sacred, tender process 
Um, and so I really ensure that for those who come to this work or come to my particular body of work with curiosity and they, they feel called, you know, there's a real resonance to this work, I think, that many women think, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I know that I want, I want to know, I'm curious. It's that they realise that there's no, this is not a linear process. So let's, let's start to get to know your body and what she needs and what she desires and where she would like to go and let her lead. And to do that, let's really start to get regrounded. Let's plant these, um, these roots and and just continually come back to the safety that is always available you know um once we we kind of yeah begin that journey we start to really feel into what feels safe and what doesn't and how how we can take care of ourselves in those moments as well when we don't feel safe how we can ask for our needs to be met um in session with me and also in in life in general Mm. it's um it's so beautiful to hear those words that tender and slow and safe and mm. all of the antidotes to the way that we've been conditioned to work with our bodies. And I see it in, even in myself after all of this embodiment work of still I can be the most tender, compassionate mother, space mm. holder, you know, wife, whatever, friend, and yet be the most punitive <laughs> but self with my with my body oh gosh yeah and just that divide and that um it's almost like there is such a super highway created in the brain and nervous system to punish the body and to use it as a vehicle to get something like you said and i just mm-hmm. wonder whether that punishing self um whether you see that and and how you work with with that uh, because Mm. it's insidious it's just so conditioned so socialized absolutely I mean I I honestly I would say that there is not a person I've worked with myself included who at the core of whatever they identify is not working for them in their life and whatever really brings them to my spaces is is deeply embedded shame yeah and which is you know perpetually played out in this as you say you know this punitive self-punishment um and and so shame is the key to so much of what can be on the other side you know the pleasure piece and the this um working with and and having reverence for the body as an ally um and you know as our greatest lover and 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 really if if we can come into deep intimacy with this part of us that like you say, is it's just so insidious and a habitual pattern of punishment, you know, and torture, um, no matter how, again, kind and gentle and, and loving and connected we may be in every other aspect of our life, if we can really pull back the layers and become intimate 
with what it is that that really um, keeps the shame alive and start to care for that shame, start to send, you know, be in devotion to the love and compassion for that shame, um, then this is where I feel we can really start to make sustainable shifts because it's really easy to love ourselves when things are, are going beautifully. It's really easy to give ourselves a pat on the back when we've, um, you know, um, achieved or we've, we've received external validation so we can, we can think we're pretty awesome. But um, in those darkest, most shameful moments, if we can show ourselves that compassion and really meet um, the wounds that are sending us down punishment lane, um, yeah, it just begins, you know, we begin to soften. And this is where really everything can begin to shift. Mm. And I, I totally relate to that shame and what the shame does on the individual and collective level mm. of the freeze, you know, the freezing. Yes. <laughs> it's just a lot of freezing happening. And um, I'm so grateful that in the collective consciousness and practitioners like yourself and, and others who are really, I feel like we've gone on this journey the last 10 years of starting at the really superficial and we kind of needed to start there. You know, we needed to be talking mm-hmm. about green smoothies and, and those types <laughs> of things in yes. order to realize, nope, it's not that. And no, it's not just my beliefs and no, it's not just this to be able to peel back and now we're getting to the root of it and we're having conversations about Mm -hmm. deep trauma and how that affects our nervous system and how no matter how much mindset work you do with a guru if your nervous system doesn't feel safe you are never going to (laughs) overcome that pattern or that habitual operating and I think it's just such an exciting exploration for me because I feel like it's here that the key really lies in that by bringing I guess healing those divides between our body and and mind and finding that congruence which can Mm -hmm. only be found through you know working through trauma releasing it processing it whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. um just the potential of expansion that's on the other side of that is so exciting it's like it's behind a damn wall I just see this huge creative energy this huge potentiality Mm -hmm. this huge expression um so I wonder whether you could share what does happen with the softening and the allowing Mm -hmm. and the compassion what do you see um starts to shift Mm. oh I just got full body goosebumps because it's um one of the absolute privileges of this work is witnessing uh, particularly I feel you know a mother in this space of softening and and it can the beauty in it is that this process of integration you know it happens so subtly and over time and when we're really in devotion to these practices and we're really showing up for ourselves um, in this continual, um, I guess, along this, this journey of, of opening and of really connecting to this idea of 
um, receiving rather than pushing, all of a sudden things just begin to change. So, you know, I'll see this this woman or this mother in front of me um, just describing an interaction with a partner or, you know, a situation in her work and just her entire energy is just softer. She is she is expressing from this place of fullness and and realness um, and she is, you know, trust is, is pivotal um, to this and trust is, again, it's a practice. It's not something we just wake up feeling but the, the, the integration piece is that all of a sudden so much more um, trust is present and and she can really step into um, knowing and, and accessing her own wisdom around mothering, her work, um, her intimate relationships and really begin to show up for herself in a way that she never has. And so it's just a delight to be able to sit there and experience um, this person who has just literally blossomed, you know, I just really feel this blossoming, this blooming happen um, that ultimately ultimately just begins to lead to a more easeful life. You know, the, the trust leads to flow and the ability to self-care and self-soothe in ways that, um, that aren't Band-Aid fixes. You know, it is about devotion. It is about, um, it is about being able to tend to ourselves really genuinely and with our whole heart and our whole being. And that is not a quick fix. You know, we're not skimming across the surface here. And so, um, yeah, I just, it is such a privilege to be able to see that. It, it's not, I, I guess I compare it to when I was working much more clinically and I would just see, um, I would see women and mothers because I did work in the perinatal space and I would kind of see them, you know, for an hour and then, okay, I'll catch you in a, in a fortnight or however frequent, uh, frequently we met. And it was just, it just felt each time like, all right, we've patched that up. You know, there's some strategies there. There's some maybe helpful communication tips or there's a, um, you know, there's something helpful there that may sustain them, but, it just, it just wasn't really, um, I wasn't in the space to be able to really serve um, in that capacity. And the women that I was serving, that I was serving at the time were just, they were holding on for dear life. You know, they were just grasping at whatever they could until the next time we saw each other. And so I'm just such an advocate for these longer journeys that um, in which sustainable um, long-term transformation can really begin to take place. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I was a client with a client last night and she's now a dear friend and she came up and sat on the couch and we had tea and I was just reflecting back to her that, so that we've been working together nearly a year now and mm-hmm. just how it takes time like and, and the changes she's seeing now like at the 10 or 11 month mark, that's really how long it takes. 
Yes, yeah. That's <laughs> and right. and even then, there's cycles and seasons within it. So I think mm-hmm. yes, it takes time, and it and it requires actually, in an antidote to the wisdom around um, just managing our consumption of personal development work and going so gently particularly like I've seen people be like yeah I'm gonna work through my trauma in three months and it's like yes but also you just can't integrate it yes um that your body needs so much time to to adjust and I think the the image that I was getting when you were talking about motherhood and something I've been feeling now is my second daughter's one and I'm feeling that desire to expand again and also being just in the limitations of not being able to expand in the way that traditional mm-hmm. capitalist structures would have me expanding mm-hmm. and how it's like a process of coming back to self and actually understanding that the expansion happening is so different to what I'm imagining it should look like and that that absolute um impossibility that we give to mothers of um implanting this seed of i this is not right that i'm not in the right place my body's not doing the right thing something needs to be different and therefore losing the capacity to really expand into the expansions happening on the emotional level on the biological level on the intimacy level on the physical level we're not allowing ourselves to be in them because we're trying to expand in in ways that have been culturally prescribed Mm -hmm. yeah a hundred percent it's um and when you're sitting there observing that and and hearing you know a woman saying I'm not far enough um of of where I really want to be you know I I haven't made it I haven't achieved this and and yet I see them and they've got three children and they're um if, if they rewind back say six months where they've actually come on um, in so many ways is, is incredible, but we're just so um, ill-equipped, I think, to really, to really be present to actually where and how far we've come and we're just so future-oriented because, as you say, this is how we're programmed. This is how we're conditioned. It's always what's the next thing. So, you know, embodiment work is there is a lot to this work that is about being able to be in the moment mm-hmm. um and I love I think it was Sharon Blackie I was listening to a podcast the other day and instead of this concept of mindfulness she spoke about bodyfulness and this real ability to be in the body as you know as it is in this moment and really appreciate the journey that has been and be able to really see, okay, so let's just be here now in my body feeling where does it, you know, where is the desire here? Where do I want to go? Rather than, you know, just be on this treadmill of, okay, I've achieved, tick, off I go, you know, onto the next thing and I'm not far enough. How do I get further? How do I, you know, it's just this constant pursuit but being bodyful is like, well, let's, let's let what has happened, what has transpired, let's let it just completely fill me. You know, let myself be present to what is 
and look around and I think, you know, the gratitude piece is there and, and, um, and just acknowledgement. It's just that really simple acknowledgement of, mm. of what is and, and, you know, in, in the teachings, um, one of Jenna Ward, my teacher, is, you know, one of the most profound things I ever um, learned to really inhabit is this idea of depth first, direction second. You know, it's we continue just to move forward, but until we really drop deep and really know, well, where do we want to come from? Let's come from this space of... Um, of truth and and about our own unique longings and yearnings and desires as opposed to, you know, what step two or step three or step four tells us um, we need to get to next. So, yeah, it's an mm. epidemic, but I feel like the this, this shift is happening. happening. Yeah, it is. And also that all being said, like the future orientation is, is our response to trauma and sometimes I think we just sometimes I think back to when I first held held my little and it it makes me really emotional thinking about it you know that my little baby and Mm. and there's been an enormous amount of grieving and reconciling within me the fact that in those first few years I couldn't be with her in the way that I wanted to be because what was coming up in me was so intense and I think that there's this huge again it's the portal right like motherhood being the portal to just as, you know, in Steiner philosophy or in a lot of metaphysical work, we think about the baby's souls landing in their bodies. Mm. I actually think that for me, motherhood has been my soul re-landing in my body when, you know, for so much of my, um, for my younger life and, and certain traumas that happened, there was a split. And so actually motherhood being, uh, that I've been landing just mm. alongside my babies um, mm. and that we're in this beautiful dynamic helping each other do so. It mm. gives me great, um, I don't know, reverence for it, I think, and and compassion to be able to be like, I just can't be there today, you know. Mm. I, can't, I can't be there for whatever reason, just can't yeah. be there and that that's okay. Yeah, yeah, mm. I love that, Meg. I really deeply relate um, thank you for sharing that. It's really, I think that's really huge and so common for so many mothers. And the more that we can connect around that idea of really being cracked open and really being invited into, um, into our true selves and allow our, our soul to land in this space is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And deep and deep implications, I think, yes. for how we relate, how we're yes. raising our kids and, and all that intergenerational stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm conscious of time and I and I wanted um, you to share a little bit about where your practice is at the moment. What are you finding deeply nourishing or mm-hmm. perhaps sharing a transition that you're in currently and within that how you're taking care of yourself, notice, noting that we are always changing and we're never fixed and we are this living dynamic organism. How are you choosing to meet yourself right now? Mm. Yeah, what do I, I mean, to be honest, I've worked very hard this year um, to lay foundations that do nourish me um, and nourish my relationship to my work, my business. And I feel as though, I feel really proud actually that I've come to the end of this year feeling um, very stable and solid 
in that and very determined and, and committed to upholding that. And, and, you know, that looks like really choosing um, and only following through with those things that deeply um, spark aliveness in me and that I, I just trust are, you know, they're bigger than me and then I'm just, I'm just absolutely the custodian and the transmission of the work and I really find so much, um, it's so joyful then, you know, the work is, is just, it's joyful. So, um, and, you know, my personal life this year has been incredibly traumatic and full of grief and so I have been called into looking after myself in a very, um, in a radical way, you know, because I couldn't switch off this work if I tried. It is, you know, it is just so much of what enlivens me and brings me um, so much purpose. And so to reconcile that with, um, with the grief I've experienced this year, has been, you know, I, I couldn't take that lightly. You know, it was like, okay, Kate, so so how can how can this work serve you um, in where you're at? How can you really be the walking embodiment of this work and really model what it is to be in devotion um, to self and to the unraveling and to um, the unsmothering, as I call it. And so, so that has asked a lot of me, but it has paid, you know, so many rewards because I've come through and I'm still in, you know, I'm still in the thick of a lot of, um, a lot of this grief and trauma, but I'm able to really, um, maintain this solid foundation. And I, yeah, I'm really proud of that. And so, um, you know, I work mostly one-on-one, um, deeply intimate, um, longer term, you know, three or six month relationships, uh, coaching and mentoring, feminine embodiment work. And it is, um, they are with mothers or in some cases, grandmothers who are really, they know that for them, mothering themselves is such an enormous part of their own um, personal evolution and growth. So, um, from this place, um, early next year, I'm actually, uh, creating a container that will allow um, women to come together. It will be an online container, but I do like to work face-to-face and I run workshops as well. But um, this particular container will be very much approaching um, business, work, uh, creative projects, or just general life transition and up-leveling from um, underpinned by this cultivation of relationship to pleasure and prosperity and prosperity in every sense of the word, not just financially, but really inviting this new way um, for women to connect through the sacredness of themselves as feminine beings, um, through the sacredness of their creative offerings, um, their service to the world and really anchor that, you know, really, really ensure that they are meeting themselves in these deep waters before they put their work out into the world. And so I'm really excited to kick that off early next year. Um, and I feel like that is, yeah, that's definitely um, an up level for me and um, I can't wait to, yeah, let it all unfold. 
I love it too because it's exactly what, you know, just mirroring the scaffolding that you've been doing to be able to hold a container for others to do that scaffolding. I think it's um, it's such a beautiful, I can hear that work being birthed through you from your own experience. And I also just love um, talking about discernment but also you were talking about the expansion and then the, and then the contraction and both of them happening simultaneously. And I think that I would love to get to a point where we're having a conversation about balances, not how I did everything after me, (laughs) but actually I had as much expansion as I did contraction this year, right? And that being the measure. And I think that if we look at it through that, then there is nothing wrong, Mm -hmm. that there is always going to be both because that's wholeness, that's somatic, that's, you know, the soma is whole. And I think that that I'm striving for a world where balance is just seen through that lens because um, rather than this infinite linear expansion upward for more yes that actually sufficiency is is holding both and um and speaking to both um normalizing that we have both as oh, well. totally yes i love that I love that so i wanted to end with a question that's a little um i don't know i don't know how, where we're going to go with it but something that has been my personal stuff that I've been working through this year Mm -hmm. is around finding the expression of the receptive intuitive part of me some people would call that the feminine expression Mm -hmm. or or, and and we've talked about softening a lot but I also want to bring in the conversation that it's not just softening in the sense of um, maybe traditionally how we see that Mm -hmm. word and how these expressions are quite can be fierce, you know, in the way we're setting boundaries, in the way that we're um, discerning. And I wonder whether you could speak to what you mean by softening, and I guess how the reclamation is is not just about um, that receptivity, but that actually there's an activeness within within your work as well. Mm. Oh yes, absolutely. And I. I fundamentally believe that until we have softened you know once we've softened towards ourselves this is actually where we can begin to um to understand the boundaries that we've you know whether or not they be um they be really flexible boundaries or permeable boundaries that haven't been working for us or whether or not they're really, you know, we've really overdone it and we've actually created this armory around ourselves until we begin to soften towards ourselves. We have quite a skewed idea about, you know, what it is we actually, um, what we need from our boundaries because we're just so consumed, I think, and we're so conditioned, and of course, with good reason, um, to protect ourselves. And so, you know, many of us um, have, we've had to really create some armoury. Um, and and I, I feel as though this is really the link between the disembodiment piece, you know, when we're, when we're, 
living in our heads. It's only because living in our body and really being in our body feels terrifying or it feels uncomfortable or it doesn't feel like anything at all. You know, there's this real spectrum of experience um, in, in our bodies and how we personally experience or perceive trauma, um, how we respond to that. And so, you know, there's a real progression to softening and softening, softening ultimately happens when we begin to melt away these exteriors that we've created in order to keep ourselves safe. And so um, this is why, you know, starting from this place of safety and really being able to um, connect with and keep ourselves safe, feeling safe, even if we're not necessarily in safe situations um, or, you know, situations in which um, could be risky or really um, not ideal if our body and our nervous system, if we can take care of ourselves from that perspective, then we can trust that, okay, I've got that. So now let's begin to just gently peel back the armory, you know, and the armory can be, well, it is intrinsically related to um, the labels that we've given ourselves, you know, the beliefs we've um, adopted or that we, um, yeah, what it is that we believe about ourselves and our potential, um, how we're protecting ourselves, um, our vulnerabilities, all of the things. And so by gently kind of meeting these places in our body and allowing, and I love that you talk about expression because expression is, I, I feel if anything has really um, deeply landed for me in, in the most potent way this year is that expression is one of the most important um, aspects of ex exploration. And when I speak of expression, it's not just about, you know, what we say, um, how we communicate. It's actually really um, taking the time to know ourselves and understand how our body wants to express. And that might look like movement, that might look like um, you know, painting it might look like communing with Mother Nature, writing, singing, um, that might be deeply, deeply personal and private, or it could be very public, very visible. But for the feminine to heal and to soften, really connecting to how we express and how our body is nourished by expression and our soul is therefore nourished by expression, um, is, you know, that is an active part of this unsmothering and this unraveling process. We don't, we can't intellectualize it. Yeah. You know, we can't simply sit there and have conversations um, about it. We have to be in it and be in relationship um, to our feminine, ex, you know, those expressive, creative, sensual parts of who we are. And, and this is what softens us. This is what supports the armour to melt, supports us to resensitize, um, supports us to widen our capacity, you know, for pleasure, for joy. 
And it's a really, you know, it is just this spiral that just continues. Um, and it is, it, it's, yeah, it, it absolutely doesn't mean that we are then these kind of, um, you know, soft, uh, passive uh, wallflowers. It really from that space of deep connection and embodiment can we then begin to um, establish and communicate our desires, our boundaries from this really deeply anchored space. Mm, thank you for articulating because that's really beautiful and I think it's really important that as practitioners and those of us working in this space, I think that we challenge um, the kind of aesthetic of the feminine that's mm. been propagated sometimes totally. <laughs> and that to be feminine is actually to look a certain way to express a certain way to right. and, I, and I love how you talk about softening in and finding that unique expression because for me sometimes it's yelling and like oh, yeah. screaming and yes. um and stomping and and I think that as I've released more and more from my system that has the need for that has gotten less but it's a completely valid and important part mm. of the honoring and the and the sensitizing, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that you articulated it so beautifully because I think that really helps um, to be nuanced about the complexity mm. of some of this as well. Yes. Um, so, Kate, my baby is awake um, and <laughs> that time is up. But I wanted to just invite you to share whether there's anything else that's come through that you feel is important um, for, for maybe one person that's listening or for the collective um, mm. before we end. I'm just so deeply grateful for this conversation, Meg. I think it's, um, I, I really feel as though, you know, the woman listening who just has that little spark of curiosity about exploring the relationship uh, between her and her body and her history and her desires, um, she knows, you know, and, and I feel as though we um, we don't give curiosity as much credit as, you know, as might be helpful. And so leaning into that curiosity is what I would invite um, and, yeah, and just really allowing the body just a little whisper, you know, what, what would really um, support her to connect to her aliveness or, you know, her pleasure and just orient towards maybe something that just feels a little new or a little a little nice mm-hmm. and that's often a nice invitation um because then the body feels like she's gently listened to you know mm-hmm. no diving into the deep end necessarily straight off the bat <laughs> I love that little permission slip we're big on permission mm-hmm. slips here so I love that and Good. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today such a pleasure thank you for having me